Like right now, though, you've probably seen this story. You've heard it in the news. Um, some questions, so, you know, swirling around the Edmonton Valley Zoo. It's hoping to get, you know, some cash, about $10, $11 million. It says it needs that cash to repair some enclosures for Lucy the elephant, for the zebras, for birds of prey and other animals. How bad is the situation? What does this mean right now for the Edmonton Valley Zoo? Let's find out with Gary Dewar, who is the director of the Edmonton Valley Zoo. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, David. Oh, Gary, it's really good to talk with you because I think there needs to be some clarification around this story. I mean, my goodness, I've had uh, news releases for, from some animal rights groups saying that the Edmonton Valley Zoo is about on the verge of needing to be shut down. And I have other uh, reports from, from folks, you know, who, like you, who uh, work with the zoo, work at the zoo, saying it's not as bad as what it sounds like. What is the situation, Gary? Oh, I'm so delighted that you asked. Uh, so the Edmonton Valley Zoo certainly continues to be compliant with with and uh, within all established operating standards as governed by our accrediting organization, which is can the Canadian Accredited Zoos and Aquariums. I want to clarify that the zoo is not at risk of being shut down or losing its accreditation. Uh, standards are constantly evolving, as you can imagine, and this uh, enclosure renewer, renewal and enhancement budget package that we put forward will ensure the zoo continues to meet the standards into the future uh, as our enclosures are certainly um, beginning to end meet the end of the of their lifespan so it's 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 not maybe as dire as some folks are are wanting to, us to believe all right so when we talk about uh, these enclosures and again you say you know safety standards everything changes over the years you know uh, and 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 I'm curious to know then when we take a look at some of those enclosures that you're talking about uh, when would they be out of date for lack of a better word well, as I say, uh, the challenge, Jalen, is that these uh, standards are constantly evolving, and so there are there are some right now where they're where we're if we are meeting the standard, we're barely meeting the standard, and there's a, even a desire to provide even ben better animal care. Um, there are instances with some of these enclosures. I'll give an example, like some of the um, enclosures you referenced are for our hoofstock hoof animals, yeah. like our zebra or our tacken or our camels, and uh, and, and currently. Currently, with, with, with some of those animals, uh, we are having to anesthetize uh, those animals to undergo minor veterinary exams, vac vac uh, vaccinations, or even just to get their hoofs trimmed. Uh, so the addition of some of these new handling infrastructure uh, will allow these procedures to be done without anesthesia, which is certainly a much more mm -hmm. preferred option. So it, it's that kind of thing. We we know that our animal collection uh, is some of it's getting older and what have you, and we're wanting to be bringing in new animals and just being more flexible. And again, our current enclosures are, aren't necessarily that future friendly. All right. It, it sounds, you know, it, it doesn't just sound like some some wood and some fencing that you're looking at, right? That's That's not it. 
That's that's exactly it. Certainly, it's enclosures. It's, a lot of it is is the interior elements of yeah. their enclosures. It's the animal handling facilities. It's yeah. the animal restraint um, facilities. And in some cases, where well, you mentioned Lucy, it's about providing extra enrichment, better air quality, include, including um, improving the amount of space that she gets access to. Uh, so th- those are important elements of the package as well. Yeah, I want to talk about Lucy in just a little bit. Want to get through some of this other stuff first, because of course, when you talk about the valley zoo first thing often that comes to mind is uh, Lucy the elephant when it comes to uh, safety of staff and patrons what would this 10 million 11 million dollars in improvements to these enclosures mean for staff and for patrons yeah, they're, they're, it's more about staff uh, safety. Certainly, there's no uh, the, uh, public um, threat right now with respect to coming on site. We have an ongoing preventative maintenance and renewal program. And so let's just say the fence that keeps the tackins away from the public, because they're pretty aggressive animals, uh, if, it's, if, if, if maybe a tackins hit it pretty hard, we have an ongoing um, you know, program which, which would reinforce that fence. And so, as I say, the public safety is not... Uh, in jeopardy but but these animal restraint and handling enclosures do uh, at times compromise our staff safety and there have been incidences where perhaps uh, we've been undergoing some sort of veterinary procedure and uh, an animal comes out of sedation a little earlier than anticipated bolts up and 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 maybe pins a, a staff member against the wall and ends up suffering some sort of you know shoulder strain or something of that nature so it's those kinds of incidences that we're wanting to yeah. prevent from happening in the future and making these adjustments to those enclosures will certainly help us in that reflect. Well, and I think it's important that people realize as well that these animals, they're not pets, right? They're wild animals. Oh, so you broke up there a bit, Jaylene. I lost you for a sec. Oh, I just, I was going to say, I think, you know, people need to remember that these aren't pets in the Valley Zoo. They're wild animals, right? They, they, they certainly are. <laughs> you know, and so you, when you're working with wild animals, you know, every precaution needs to be taken and you want to make sure that that safety is, um, is, is, you know, the top-notch safety is there at all times. So when we talk about this money, this $10, $11 million then, Gary, is this need immediate like is it next month you need it or are we talking over the course of the next couple of years like what is the time frame we're looking at sure in fact the way the the way we've we've um or, or organized it is that yeah it's not like we get all all 10 million dollars right now we're gonna spend it all it's it's earmarked over uh, the next number of years over the course of the next capital budget cycle through the 2026 and so it does it does it's incremental and certainly we can't do it all even with respect to the so we talk about those as one of the really important uh, animals in our collection, these greedy zebras. They are part of a species survival program. Yeah. Um, and as you recall, last year we were so lucky to announce that we uh, had a baby uh, zebra born here. Uh, ensuring that we continue to participate in that program is is really, really important. It's, it's an important difference our zoo is making. It speaks to our, our role in conservation and education. Uh, and so being able to maintain and, and be able to keep an animal like like that in our collection is very very important to us and making sure that the staff working with them and the animals themselves are being uh, are enjoying a great quality of life so gary am i mistaken i th- i thought that the valley zoo just went through a major rehabilitation 
It's actually, um, so we've, we're in the midst of one. So there's been phase one of what we call nature's wild backyard. That saw our red pandas get uh, a, a, a beautiful state-of-the-art habitat, as well as the urban farm, which is which is amazing. If, if folks haven't been down recently, you really must come down. So that was phase one of nature's wild backyard. Phase two has also received um, city council's funding, mm-hmm. and that and, and they that was received back in December, and that detailed planning work is ongoing right now. And with construction anticipated to start next year, that will replace the uh, the remaining original infrastructure from the 1959 wow. Storyland Valley Zoo. Uh, so, because some of those, some of that, some of those enclosures are that old, and so that's why they're in certainly need of uh, of repair and, and and replacement. And so, that's the work that's commencing right away. So, yeah, it can be a little confusing. So, that's a big capital budget process project that has already been approved. Uh, th- this secondary piece to upgrade some of these enclosures uh, and animal handling facilities is a separate package that's being put forward to to council. So two separate pieces. Okay, Gary, let's talk Lucy briefly here. How's she doing? She is doing, she's doing okay. You know, she's 47 years old. Every year we bring in uh, um, some independent experts uh, to evaluate her health. health. Those experts were just here. Uh, They came in from all parts of the world and uh, we're waiting we're awaiting their final reports which we hope to have in the next couple of weeks here and can share uh, publicly the, the challenge and there's been many folks that would like to see her move uh-huh. somewhere else uh-huh. like to a, a sanctuary and what have you the, the, the biggest challenge right now is a health condition she has that really um, um, results in her having trouble breathing um, unlike any other elephant in this world um, they all they all breathe through their trunk she has some kind of block in her trunk and as a result breathes entirely through her mouth and so it is difficult for her um, to get a good breath and so when she just goes on a bit of a short walk um, her blood oxygen levels drop dramatically and these experts that were here recently saw this as has all the other experts that have come over the years to to witness her and and really marvel that they've never seen this before an elephant that breathing exclusively through its mouth they'd heard about it and they didn't believe it until they saw it so so unfortunately um it's not it's not something where we'll where she's going to be able to be moved um, somewhere else safely without risk of actually dying on route so the focus then is on making sure she gets the best life possible here at the zoo and we got some great insights from these experts that we that we've already been following up on Uh, and there are some infrastructure upgrades in in the package that we were just talking about that will benefit her and that we're also looking at at that other uh, nature's wild backyard um, amenity that I spoke about that yeah. has actually an aquatic amenity as part of that. And we're looking at the specifications of that to see if it can be adjusted to suit larger animals, including Lucy. So that's our focus right now is knowing that she's going to be sticking around here for quite a while. And we want to make sure we give her the best life possible. Uh, if by chance that money isn't, avail- isn't available from uh, city council, and by all accounts, it sounds like, you know, right now they realize it's a city facility so you need to continue to upgrade it so there's that but if if that money isn't there that full money isn't there is there the potential of a fundraising campaign what happens then we've talked about maybe having to move some of those animals what is that is that the the worst potential outcome 
Well, well, no animals would need to be rehomed in the immediate future. If, if in that case that the funding is not approved or maybe only a portion of the funding is approved, we're going to need to undertake a review of our mm -hmm. collection plan, all the various animals we have in our collection. Um, that would happen first and, and, and create a, a strategy to, to perhaps divest ourselves of, of some species okay. that, may be, uh, that may be required. And again, that's sort of the worst case scenario. We, we don't even like to think in those terms, yeah. but if, if, if that happens, that's what would be the case. If ultimately, Jalen, if we can't provide the, be, the, the care, the best care possible for an animal, yep. then, then we have no business keeping that animal in our collection, in which case we'll look for a new home for it. And, oh. and that, that would always be the case. But again, we're reasonably confident. We, we are so uh, blessed, Jalen. We have a, an organization called the Valley Zoo Development Society that has inspired many of the amazing developments that have um, happened here at the zoo over the last number of years, whether it's uh, Makira's Outpost, uh, Arctic Shores, the home to our seals, or as I mentioned, um, the, the red, red panda mm -hmm. habitat. These all, they've, they've generated a lot of fun from corporate Edmonton, from sponsors, from, from various grants to support these. So we have many, many individuals and stakeholders that have been so gracious and, and understand the important work our zoo does. So, so I, I'm confident that, that those folks would, would certainly help out if required. Gary, want to thank you for uh, making time for us this afternoon. Thank you for the update. Look forward to hearing the update on Lucy as well as I know a lot of other folks are on that front. Uh, say hi to Steve the River Otter for me, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? <laughs> I, I certainly will. Okay. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, you bye -bye. betcha. Gary Dewar is the director of the Edmonton Valley Zoo.